Hey everybody, welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 499 from August 27th, 1997. A Wednesday night show with guest Love Spit Love. Richard Butler and Richard Fortas join them from the band. Adam explains they're actually in Chicago, and there may be some technical difficulties out of the gate. Dr. Drew's also with Adam. This is actually the date where they first performed together on stage at NIU, and they discussed their trip through DeKalb and all over Illinois. Uh, a lot of stories they would go on to tell for many years, including to this very day, and this is the very first time they told it, including the anecdote about uh, the barbed wire. Adam and Drew are broadcasting out of Q101, one of the local affiliates at the time, and Adam goes off about their lecture tour. Adam explains how it's extra difficult for them to broadcast with guests across the country, and it really breaks down how it works in the process, unlike future episodes where they just try to make it go smoothly. He actually gives a very interesting behind-the-scenes description of how the whole process works for curious listeners like myself. This is a rare treat. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo, and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Mission is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Thank you. You can't hear it. Thank you. Oh. All right. Hey. I mean, uh, yes. yes. It is Loveline. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. The phone number, 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number, 310-854-4455. Tonight, our guest is Love Spit Love. That would be Richard Butler. You remember him from the Psychedelic Furs. And Richard Fortas. Two Richards, two dicks from the band will be in here tonight. I can say what I want because they cannot lean across the council and wring my neck. Because? Did I say council? I meant console. Okay. Oh, boy, say? I'm already You're losing it. Shaky You're start. losing it. True. Listen, here's what I need out of you tonight. Carry the show. Oh. <laughs> Are you kidding? In my wildest dreams. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't care. Let me explain the circumstances. Drew and myself are in the, the beautiful Chicago, the Windy City, the city of Big Shoulders, at Q101, one of our affiliates uh, in the Chicago area. And we've been doing a lecture tour. Now, I know this sounds funny. As a matter of fact, every friend uh, that I mentioned that I was doing a lecture tour to laughed his ass off. <laughs> like Drew's laughing. <laughs> but I'm telling you, we've been going to these colleges. We went to Iowa, and we went to uh, this other one. <laughs> Northern Illinois University. Oh, they love me over there. Go, whatever the name of your team is, I yelled. Um, we're lecturing to these large groups of students. Huge about, groups. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely surreal. Uh, but the point is, is we had a good time, and everything's great, but we're completely fried. I mean, we've slept four and a half hours in the last two and a half days. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's all we can do to form a sentence tonight. And it's going to be that much tougher because we're not in the studio with our guests uh, getting the cues from... Um, and they're, and they're both named Richard. And they're both named Richard. So it's going to be a night of hell and confusion. Now, the way we're doing it is uh, Sherry and Lisa are manning the phones as usual. They're getting the phone calls, and they're feeding them over to Dr. Drew. He is writing them down on a scratch pad, and we are working our way through it. So bear with us tonight. It may uh, Actually, we never do a smooth show, but this is going to be extra rocky. Got better equipment here anyway. 
Now, where's the audience? What? I don't do a gig unless there's 3,000 screaming <laughs> drunken co-eds anymore. I'll tell you, I, I, I got so used to just yelling, uh, 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 beer pong, and everyone just went insane. It's really a Real nice luxury. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Thank you. I'm going to so parlay so, that really, into something. Indeed, was proud of you the whole time. <laughs> that highbrow high humor is something you mastered. All right, master all right quiet down now, Drew. Yeah. So Richard and Richard will be in uh, soon enough to talk about Love Spit Love, and until then, we will go to the phones unless there's anything I've forgotten or anything uh, you want to get off your chest, Drew. Yeah, say hi to my wife. I love her and miss her. And uh, <sighs> thank you for setting up this trip. <laughs> we drove back from uh, where in Illinois were we? DeKalb. DeKalb. It, uh, it's actually the cow said fast. It's basically what the cow is. A lot of corn in Illinois. People oh don't uh, realize that. Uh, I think uh, it's birth it, of barbed wire. <laughs> we got to DeKalb, Illinois, and everybody told us. I mean, fifteen people came up to us and said, uh, "You know, we invented barbed wire in this town." And I was like, uh, "Hey, fantastic!" Some drunken farmer decided to twist some little pieces of wire uh, around longer strands of wire, so his cow wouldn't go into the next uh, pasture and, you know, uh, drop a load on uh, the neighbor's uh, butter chart. I swear to God, 50 people told us this. And after a while, I just said, who the heck cares? This is barbed wire. Somebody would have invented this. How much into fencing are you anyway, by the, by the way, Drew? Is this something you think about? No. I didn't even know anyone invented barbed wire. I just thought it sort of evolved. <laughs> this is not an invention. It really isn't. All right. Anyway, so uh, they invented barbed wire over there. If anyone wants to go tour the barbed wire museum, it's it's amazing. They have a big spool of barbed wire. You pay eight dollars. You circle it once and leave. Where were we, Drew? Calls. You know, it's scary because I'm punchy, and the show has uh, barely begun. Yes, it's going to be quite an evening. Okay, let's go to the phones. You know, I can't concentrate without looking through the glass at producer Ann talking to Sherry and, and thumbing and through a catalog. And yawning. Yeah, I miss that. I miss <laughs> Ann's yawn. Ann, can you chime in every once in a while and just yawn? <laughs> Are you there? All right. I don't know ah. if you can oh, there we go. There Thank you me. go, baby. Uh, Sally, 17, we'll start with. How about that? Hi. Are you going to say what line she's on so uh, they can figure it out? Or they got it wired? They got it wired. Sally. Hi. Hey. How are oh, you? Oh, boy. Long night. What's going on? Tell us your question. Okay. Kind of a dumb question, I guess, but... I have this boyfriend, and I don't know, we don't have sex or anything, but we mess around, you know? And when I have my period, I, like, tell him and stuff, but he still messes around with me and stuff, and, I mean, I don't really care. I mean, I think it's kind of gross, but, I mean, I don't, it seems kind of weird to me, and is it, like, bad, or does it, is, will it do anything bad? Really, no. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can ignite the crowd. Kager at Drew's Place! Okay. Uh, the the um, oh, the feedback is killing me. I don't, I don't is this coming off your radio or is this us, Sally? Huh? Is your radio oh. on? <laughs> you know, Sally. Uh, it's like uh, it's going to be like a ringing a granite countertop trying to get information out of this, Sally. Sally, is your radio on? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. okay. All right. Listen. Uh, sex during the period is nothing wrong with it particularly, except that it is certainly the case that if you get exposed to an infection, it's more likely to get into the upper regions of the genital tract, in the uterus, in the tubes. So period carries... Why? Things are dilated? Uh, things are dilated, and there's sort of an open passage now. There's material that flows can flow both directions, let's say. Wow. And uh, basically, that's the theory, anyway. Does it have to... 
Oh, wait a minute. Does it open up to let the fluids out, yes. or does it open up because there's some sort of uh, pregnancy um, thing that the body's under? No, it's just it's just it's just dialing letting, letting the material out a little All right. bit. All right, so it goes in and, and then rolls back like uh, like the Crimson Tide. Yes. You yell something again? Please don't. Uh, and so there is some risk of added risk of infection, but if your partner is not messing around with anybody else and uh, everybody's being careful and clean, uh, that's not a big issue. So if Alan, you, if you're uncomfortable with it, don't do it. He doesn't go down on you, does he? No. Well, I, we don't. Have, we ne- we've never had sex before. And he, so I don't know. It's kind of like we go through the. Mo- it's kind of gross. We kind of go through the motions of having sex, but we like don't have sex. You know, we like have our some clothes on, you know? That's what Adam routinely does. Yeah, actually, I don't need somebody to go through the motions uh, of sex. As a matter of fact, uh, that's why I'm so irritable, Through, I'm way off my masturbatory oh, schedule. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's see, we left on Tuesday, what is it, uh, Thursday night? Yeah. Uh, ooh, I'm like 15 behind. We've got this... <laughs> We have this great, the Renaissance over here. That's where the Renaissance Hotel. Beautiful. Beautiful hotel. A room made, uh, it, it, the architect designed the rooms with masturbation in mind. All right, so we'll get you home and tuck you in. Thank you. Fun, right? So, Sally. Yeah? You're not having sex. No. Does he want to have sex? Um. Well, she, I think he just kind of knows and knew before, like, because we were friends before we ever got involved, and he's always known how I felt about it, that I wanted to make sure that it was somebody that I loved because good. I'm... I'm great. Fantastic. Stay, stay, stand by your gun, so to speak. Don't do it during your period if you're not comfortable, but realize there's probably nothing wrong with it. So thanks a lot, Sally. God love you, Sally. Now it's Kathy, 17. And what were you going to say? What was I going to say? I've gotten so good at breaking your rhythm. I'm just making a habit of it. No, now. I wasn't going to say anything. It just seemed uh, peculiar that he was engaging in a sort of sex with her during her period, but they weren't actually having intercourse. It, basically, she didn't want to do anything sexual during her period, and he didn't care. Okay. All right. Kathy? Yeah. That's love, by the way. I understand. Kathy? That is love. What's going on, Kathy? Um, me and my boyfriend have been together for about 10 months. And we both lost our virginity to each other about six months ago. Mm -hmm. And about three months ago, he just, like, didn't want to have anything to do with me, basically, physically. But you're still together as boyfriend and girlfriend? Yeah. But there's Mm -hmm. no sex at all right now. Like, we haven't had sex in two months. And what do you attribute this to? Um, Well, I think that it could be one of two things. Um, I did, since we started going out, I have gained about 20 pounds, and he tells me that it's not that, you know, he still loves me no matter what I look like, whatever, but I think that's just a guy thing that he feels that he has to tell me that because we're going out. Um, I am on the pill, and every time that we have had sex, we do use a condom. How is the relationship otherwise? He tells me that, um, he's afraid that I'll get pregnant. And that's why he doesn't want to have sex. Uh, all right. That's BS. They were on period and they were in condom. Right. I assume they were on the pill and, and she's wearing condom. And yeah. he's scared about knocking you up. No. No. Now, is he kind of freaked out that way in general? I mean, you are on, and most women don't need the pill and the condom if they're with a monogamous partner after a few months. I mean, is that his doing? Um, well, I got on the pill before we even started going out. And it was just because of, like, cramps and stuff like that. But he knew, like, I was going to save myself until marriage. Mm. And it was right, so was I. Can we talk to this guy? 
Um, no. Yeah. He's at school right now. School right now? Yeah. Well, he he actually, um, he's going to Northern Illinois. Oh, oh maybe we saw him then. I... <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think he was with a couple of sorority chicks. Uh, all right, so this uh, this this young guy has lost interest. If he's sex, anything like the rest of the guys over there, uh, <clears throat> this is not a viable excuse. No, uh, there's there's no good excuse for what this guy is doing. It may have to do with the weight. I have no idea. Well, how come you've put on twenty pounds? Well, he's diabetic, and his mom doesn't really cook food at all. She never makes meals, and I'm always with him. Like over the past ten months, we were together like every day, and so whenever he would eat, I would eat, and it would always be fast food. Uh, so he's being a diabetic and eating fast food is not exactly a great thing. Oh, exactly. So I can't <sighs> really basically be because of him. <laughs> wow. Well, look. <laughs> hold on a second. Uh, that is uh, that is not a great excuse. I mean, you gaining weight because of him. And he shouldn't be eating that crap anyway if he's diabetic. That's so, the point. So says Drew. Well, so I know it, it, I know it, it's it, you know, my fault, too. I could have been watching what I eat, too. But Well, here's, here's the point. Who cares how much you weigh? The the point is, is, is it a factor for him? And we don't know. We can, and we, we really, have no idea. Yeah, unless we talk to him, we really can't know more. Uh, yeah, I suppose it's a possibility. I hate to think that that's what it is. But I suspect it's more that something's gone wrong in the relationship. And kind of, he's away at school, and I, you know, something, something doesn't fit here. I mean, it may be just be that he was preparing himself to leave for school. You know, people sometimes get ready for a loss. They'll sort of start detaching. And it's a, if you have a girlfriend or boyfriend who's leaving for school, and suddenly they're kind of not available, but they can't explain why, it's probably that they're getting prepared for a, a departure. Yeah. And, uh, and that's okay. It's appropriate for when the people go to school to not leave part of themselves back at home. I think it's a healthy thing. It's unfortunate for the person left back at home. All right. So uh, stop eating so much fast food and wear vertical stripes, Matt. not horizontal stripes. <laughs> Matt? Matt, 19. Yeah, how you doing? What's going on there, Matt? Not much, man. Um, All righty. I have a good question for Dr. Drew. Hold on. Let me say one thing. Just one thing. I have lost the power to hang up on people tonight because I don't really have the uh, technology in front of me, and it's driving me crazy. (laughs) It really is. I'm, I'm like Dillinger without his Tommy gun. All right, Matt. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, thanks, Adam. That's yeah, right. Right. Oh, sure. This is complicated. Are you guys ready for this? We're ready. Okay. My girlfriend is on the pill, but she hasn't taken, well, she missed three or four days in a row. And we didn't have sex, but we messed she's around. Off the pill. She's off the pill now. She's on it. All right, hold on a no, second. No, she's off it. Hold on a second, Matt. Don't say anything. Let me talk to my partner, Drew. Yes. Shut up. I'm telling you, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean over there and strangle you. Why? Because it's gonna take Matt an hour and forty five minutes to get his question out. All right. So do not break his stride. All right. All right. Matt. Yeah. Finish. Okay. On the pill. <laughs> she didn't take her pill for like three or four days. We messed around. It's kind of like mock sex, per se. Uh, she has on her underwear, penis between thighs. Um, no penetration. With, huh? No penetration. No. Would pre-ejaculation possibly get her pregnant that way? Um, she had her period two days after that, and it was just like two days long, and it just stopped. And we're kind of worried very about that. Unlike, very unlikely without there being any kind of penetration. The penis was between her thighs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
You ever do that gag where you put your penis between your own thighs, Matt? No. And you put like a just a bra on? Yeah, I could try that though. Oh, that's oh. cool. Oh what? yeah, I got me through high school. Oh, hey. Hey. oh yes, Drew, you've never done that. No, you I have didn't... done the penis talk. Come on, every guy's done the penis talk. <laughs> put a bra on. The bra is optional. Not everyone wears the bra. But I, I, uh, I'll always go the extra nine yards. Yeah, so and we we appreciate that, um, uh, Matt. The deal is that uh, pre-ejaculate, pre-cum can be very high and concentrated in sperm. Uh, certainly, if there's penetration, there's a possibility for that. She is technically really not on the pill. Uh, once she's been off two or three days, you guys are unprotected at that point. And if, even if she does sort of double up and catch up on the pill, you should consider the pill ineffective that month and be using another means of contraception. Okay. All right, and then uh, <laughs> uh, Jenny, fifteen. Matt was just uh, thrilled with that answer. Jenny, Jenny, did you sleep? I'm not talking, Drew. Why? I'm just done. Did I say something to offend you? No, I'm just waiting for the next call. Jenny, I- I'll tell you what I'm going to do tonight. When we're done with the show, yeah. I'm going to send $5 to all the affiliates. <laughs> I really am. Because I, I'm not worth a damn. All right. Nikki, all right? Nikki. You're all getting 5 bucks. Nikki. Or four, or 4 bucks, whatever you pay for the show. Hi. Nikki. Hi. Nikki. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh Christ. <laughs> I, I, I swear, between us and our listeners, we're really screwed. The only shot we normally have is us being semi-coherent. I've realized that when that's out the window, Drew, we're in a lot of trouble. How old are you, Nikki? About 20. About 20? Yeah. Okay, I'm 30-ish. Drew, what are you? Mm, getting near the 40 40-esque? Yeah. Okay. Imagine that. What's going on there, Nikki? Okay. My problem is my fiancé, um, we've been together for about two and a half years, but he has, like, this problem that he knows it bothers Uh-oh. me. Uh-oh. But, um, it's I'm like... phase, Drew. <laughs> I really am. Hey, listen, uh, I don't know if we're picked up in small aircraft, but I would really appreciate it if someone just went on a suicide mission into the transmitter tonight. I really would. I feel so sorry for Richard and Richard from Love Spit Love, because uh, normally when we have guests, we're there to embrace them. Right. I mean, I will actually put my toe underneath the table and uh, and, and fondle oh, really? uh, our guest, genitalia. That's, oh, that's why they're so pissed off. You know how John Popper was smiling through yeah, the whole show a couple guys, days back? Uh, all right. Oh, but tonight... All right, so and get on the line here. Is Nikki there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, all right. Okay, what can we do for my you? My problem is um, my fiance has a real problem with use of marijuana. Okay, every and day. It's, it's not just occasional. It's like, um, you know, it's like his whole family does it. So if he does try to quit because he know I doesn't, I don't like it. It's like they'll make fun of him and you know they'll they'll call him names. So he'll start doing it again. Mm. Now, right. who is this whole family? Because I, I, I would be curious. Is his mom and his dad? His uncles, his cousins, his brothers, you name it. It's like, right. well, his and they're parents, all living in the same house smoking pot, right? Well, no, but they live within a five-mile radius of each other. Still a bad sign. Anytime you live too close to your folks, uncles, aunts, and nieces, it always means life isn't going well. well. Mm-hmm. I don't trust this guy's family. 
And I certainly don't trust them for putting the screws to him just because he attempts to give up something that's possibly disrupting a relationship. That's uh, really a sick situation, I'm sorry to say. I I threatened to leave him over this because it really, really bothers me. And I figured that if he loved me enough that he'd at least, you know, try or... Yeah, uh, you know, marijuana is a tricky drug. People don't want to accept the fact that this is an addictive compound, and so they tend to really resist dealing with it as we would deal with any other form of addiction. So to convince him to... his uncle, who is like his really, really his mentor, he believes everything he says, and it's like his uncle is telling him he's been smoking since he was like 15, and he's like 40 now, and he's fine, and it doesn't hurt you, and there's nothing wrong oh, yeah, with him. They're going to legalize it and everything, so. Look at him now. What does his uncle do for a living? Um, he's a foreman in a factory. Mm-hmm. And uh, is he uh, making a ton of money and driving a nice car? Yeah, he makes about forty grand. I guess that's. Oh really? Yeah. All right, you got to get that man on the weed. <laughs> Apparently, this is the key to success. Well, uh, maybe the uncle isn't addicted. Maybe the uncle's just using occasionally. No. Oh, maybe the maybe the uncle's stoned and does his job stoned no, all day long. Uncle sells it. Oh, great. All right. Well, that's why he makes. All right. Listen, hey, Nikki. Yeah. We can't infiltrate the family circle there and break it up. You have to decide who's or what is more important for you. You have to make a take a stand with your boyfriend and be willing to back it up. I think you're going to have to leave because I don't think that he's going to do anything to change this, and it's going to take more. In reality, he's not going to be able to stop without some kind of treatment. It's very unusual for somebody to be able to give up marijuana and marijuana, not replace it with something else like alcohol or speed. Uh, so if you're ready to do that battle, I mean, one thing you can do for yourself is go to sort of a codependency forum of some type, like CODA or Al-Anon, something like that, where you can start to look at the reasons why you would want to be involved with somebody who's like this, who doesn't really respect your needs in the relationship, and why you don't have more capacity to search yourself. And uh, as you, if you were to get better, the chances are you'd leave anyway. Right. Uh, although uh, one thing that does tend to happen is uh, when I when I deal with couples and one of them is addicted to something, if we get one into the codependency recovery, it's amazing how quickly the addict then decides maybe he better do something. Because when the codependent gets better, they're going to leave, and they leave them emotionally right away. They aren't meshed in the same kind of pathological relationship. I say she cuts him off sexually. She dries up uh, faster than bong water on <laughs> in, on a hundred and five degree day. And he will come around. No sex until uh, he puts down the spleet. That, that is your yes. solution to everything with the male, isn't it? it, it absolutely. Yeah. If you really want a guy to do something, hey, I believe secretaries could probably order their uh, their their bosses around uh, around the office by cutting uh, wait, the threat of cutting off sex that it hasn't even been performed yet. <laughs> it is that powerful a notion. Thank you, Drew. Right. Oh, man, was that unformed. Okay, Love Spit Love is going to be on in just a few minutes. That would be uh, Richard and Richard. And we'll be back with more Love Line after this. This is Dr. Drew for True Car. Everyone is talking about transparency these days, a word you hear a lot, because people want it. So when it comes to making a big purchase, like perhaps buying a new car, you expect some transparency in the buying process. This is a process that gives you the confidence to know you're getting the fair deal, right? So you can really look at all the details. To understand the power of transparency, you need to check out TrueCar and TrueCar's mobile app. 
TrueCar not only can configure the car you want how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for. Down to the zip code, so right in your area, you see the very same car. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on that car, you can lock in guaranteed savings on an average over $3,000 off MSRP. Then you're connected with a trusted TrueCar certified dealer that will honor your savings without any negotiation, no shenanigans. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay. Download the TrueCar app today. This is Chael Sonnen, and I am inviting you to join me for a podcast called You're Welcome. Every week, I talk to friends, enemies, newsmakers who are either inside or in love with the world of MMA, wrestling, or any sport that involves topless grappling. You want names? How about I drop George St. Pierre, Daniel Cormier, X-Pox, The Iron Sheik, Jim Ross, Nate Diaz, Don Fry, Vince Russo, Minnie Rourke, Chris Lieben, and way more new episodes every Wednesday only at podcast1.com. That's podcast1.com. This is Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome. Love line. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. The phone number 1 800 LOVE 191. Fax number 310 854 4455. All right. Here's the situation, um, kiddies. Uh, we are in fabulous Chicago at uh, our affiliate in Chicago, Q101. We are broadcasting from this location because Drew and I have been doing uh, some lectures in Chicago and in Iowa. We've uh, been up longer than we should have, and we're sure. both a little bit punchy, although Drew says he feels good. I do feel good. Is my mic on? All right. Are you just screwing with me because I told you how bad I feel? No, I do feel pretty good. I slept well last night. I'm, I'm usually still sleep. By Thursday, you got to remember, I'm usually terribly sleep-deprived. Right. So for me, I one good night's sleep in the middle of the week is a big deal. Then let me tell you something. Drew prescribed some sleeping pills for us because we knew we'd have to sleep on the airplane or wherever and we needed to get to bed in a hurry 50 bucks i spent on those goddamn things and i said to drew why can't you just prescribe them to yourself and he said that'd be unethical so i have to be your uh, fetch it boy i gotta be the candy man i gotta uh, go out buy the stuff and then bring it back to drew <sighs> All right, uh, Richard Butler and Richard Fortas are both here from Love Spit Love. Are you guys there? I think yeah. so. <laughs> oh boy, we're here. How you doing? <laughs> it's not your night, is it? <laughs> it really isn't. And you know what? It's not going to be yours either. I know. Without the toe genitalia thing, it's, I don't stand a chance. I will symbolically plant my right big toe in your tuchus tonight. So, first off, guys, let me just say I'm sorry we're not seeing you in person, and we certainly look forward to seeing you in person whenever you can come out and visit us again. That being said, we are going to do our best to uh, have a good time with you guys anyway and plug the hell out of Try Some, Eat One, which is the latest... CD from Love Spit Love uh, coming out September 9th by the way. Good stuff. Now you uh Richard of course is from the Psychedelic Furs and you guys broke up in what about 92? 93 I think it was. 93 and the last Love Spit Love CD was out in 94, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, so it's been 3 years. A little bit more, yeah. A little bit. All more. right. Uh, this is going to be a long night. <laughs> I can tell. We're counting the months here. Uh, what has been going on in the last three years is the first question. 
Well, our old record company went under, so we had to get out of that deal and get into a new one. And that and writing songs is pretty much what we've been doing. And are you, you guys are going to go out and tour and support this one uh, after its release date on September 9th? We'll be out in October. My wife's having a baby in uh, September. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, do you, know, do you know what it is? It's a girl. And did you do the whole ultrasound thing? Is that what you do, Drew? Yes, that's what you do. <laughs> yes, that's what we did. <clears throat> do you have other kids? No, I don't. No, do you want one of Drew's? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Drew has too many. Drew, you can't possibly have all those have? kids. Three. Drew has 14 Three. kids. <laughs> Three, and they all came out of the belly at the same time. Are you serious? Dead serious. Wow. C-section, Drew? Yes. Yes, otherwise you get a divorce. How much does that There's no possible way she could satisfy you anymore. Oh, she's going to kick my ass when we get back to L.A. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right, so I have some dates here, uh, some tentative dates that I'll be reading as the uh, show wears on about uh, where Love Spit Love can be found. But uh, why don't we hear something off of Try Some, Eat One? Uh, is that all right with you, gents? That's okay great. With us. Is the single we're going to hear a long, long time? Yes, it is. All right, and it goes a little something like this. <laughs> From Love Spit Love off a of Try Some, Eat One. Kind of uh, sounded real good, guys. Thank you. Thank you. S sounded, reminded, didn't we just have Echo and the Bunnymen on uh, mm -hmm. the other day? Yeah. Had a little of uh, that feel to it. Do you, are you guys Don't fans of those? Don't say that. Uh -oh. No. <laughs> we hated them, man. How oh, did you get yeah, it? They suck. <laughs> Drew punched out one of the Bunnymen. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the furry one. I can't remember. No, we hated them. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Talk to Mandy. Uh, Mandy's on the line. Now, you guys, uh, Richard and Richard, uh, feel free just to uh, jump in and rub your uniquely English stink all over the show. Mandy. Hi. Hi. Love the show. Even on a bad night, you guys are great. But I Thank just you. had a quick question for Dr. Drew. Yeah. I was reading an article that just briefly mentioned that IUDs could be used as emergency contraception up to five days after an unprotected sexual encounter, and I'd never heard of that before at all, and was wondering if that was accurate and how effective well, it is. Well, an IUD basically works as a morning-after pill, I mean, if, if you want to think of it that way. It prevents implantation from occurring basically by irritating the uterus in such a way that the lining of it doesn't function normally and doesn't allow the implantation to occur, and the egg just sort of sloughs off. Um, How about blowing cigarette smoke up there? Would that create enough that irritation <laughs> so that it, it, it would find no purchase, the seed? No, no. No purchase? That's not a full I'm, I'm saying the That's seed wouldn't find a home? Though, no, it would not find a No, it would not do a damn thing. Um, but uh, I, that is not routinely considered a means of uh, postcoital contraceptive because IUD shouldn't be used... Typically, and not a good idea to use in women who haven't had children because it does tend to increase risk of fertility problems. Because it's irritating the uterus and keeping things sort of flowing out, it can increase the risk of infections, go again, going up into the uterus and up into the tubes. Does anyone use the IUD anymore? Again, for people that have already had children, typically. Richards, 
Yeah, <laughs> Richard. We don't <laughs> use that. I've never movies. used one. No, we don't no. use those. <laughs> well, no, obviously, because uh, your wife's about to burst, but... In England, would you know the most popular form of birth control? I mean, uh, do they have, like, for instance, they, do they use Norplant a lot, or do they use Depo-Provera shots? No, they, I, I don't know whether they use Norplant. I don't think so. I would guess rubbers is the most common way. That, either that or the rhythm method, I would guess. <laughs> That's yeah. why there's so many of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Drew. Yes. I think we have to take a little breaksy here. Already. Richards. Yes. Hang tight. Smoke a fag. Relax. Uh, have a pint and a laugh. And we'll be back with more Loveline in a scant four minutes. Loveline. Yes, I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Richard Butler and Richard Fortas from Love Spit Love are our guests tonight. They are in Los Angeles. We are in Chicago for reasons I've explained at nauseum. So we're just going to move on. Does that sound like a good idea, Drew? Perfect. Richard and Richard? Yeah, that sounds good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Fabulous. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Baby. Pull a call there, Drew. What do you say? Uh, Taylor is our first call. He is 17. Taylor. Yeah, hi, guys. Hey. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I got a cold, so I sound terrible. But um, I got a problem. My sister, I don't know what her problem is. She's 13. But, like, she'll come in from swimming and then take a shower and then like be wearing a towel <clears throat> and then like come to my room and acts like she accidentally drops her towel and just smiles and like the other day I was in the shower and she like come in there with me and I don't know what the girl's problem is. Has anything ever happened to her? Uh, not that I know of. Because uh, that, that kind of behavior, is this your biological sister? Yeah. Kind of behavior usually, if she's serious about it, I mean, she's really being provocative and coming on to you, is the result of having been sexually abused by an adult. It's usually the child in a family system who was abused sexually that will then act out in a um, overt, well, a, a, a taboo sort of fashion, this incestuous behavior. Funny that, you know, it's funny that you say the word taboo. Because there's a, a whole porn series called Taboo 1, Taboo 2, Taboo 3. I'm so delighted to know that. <laughs> no, but it was just ironic that I was thinking of the Taboo porn series, Taboo 2 being my favorite, when the call started. <laughs> and I thought, well, don't say anything. This is kind of a serious issue. Don't bring up pornography. But uh, thankfully, Drew brought up Taboo. He did it anyway. <laughs> You're reading my mind, buddy. All right, but... But uh, incestuous behaviors are, are suggest real disturbances. And uh, could you tell your parents about this? Yeah, I told them, and they like don't believe me at all. And well, you're going to have to keep at them and keep telling them, and keep be, be gentle with your sister, but be f be firm, be what is specific. You, what does your sister say? Have you spoken to your sister about it? Yeah, I talked to her, and she just smiles and turns around and walks away. Now, did you ask her if she's been a, if something? Has anybody has ever done anything to her or anything like that? No, I haven't asked her about that. Th that that that'd be something to ask. I I don't know that she would necessarily tell you, but you you've got to find out what's going on here because uh, she's in trouble. 
Yeah, but don't you think you could confront her and say, hey, this is gross, put something on? <laughs> you're, you're my sister. You're my sister. Yeah. You're, you're, you're ruining 13. my whole masturbatory schedule, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you're throwing it way off. I haven't even seen Taboo 4 yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was planning on enjoying Taboo 4, but no thanks, no. Oh, yeah, by the way, did you ever get your video out? The one you went to the video store to get? Oh, when I went to go get the Minka video? Yeah. No, as a matter of fact, I didn't, and uh, some um, lawyers who came to meet us here tonight, uh, not on official duty, but just because they're fans, said they were going to punch something up on a computer. Apparently, Minka has some kind of website that I tried, <laughs> I tried, in, oh, I tried in vain to get on this web website for about two hours and ended up just dry-humping the computer and going to bed. <laughs> you nearly said website, didn't you? Uh, uh, <laughs> that's what they ought to call them, by the way. <laughs> Uh, be, because it, you know there could be there could be a Disney website, so pornography should have a website. If one of you uh, com computer nerd uh, lawyers over there, please don't take offense. I haven't slept much. Could get on one of the computers here at Q101 and punch something up. It would bring me great comfort this evening when I reclined in my spacious hotel room. Yeah, see what you guys can do. All right, so uh, are we done with Taylor? Well, thank you, yeah. guys. Taylor, you got to lay the law down. That's and all. And keep after your parents, because they need to do something on behalf of your sister. Right. All right, thanks. All right. Uh, Katie. Katie is 29. Katie. Hi, I'm 29, and um, I have this problem is that I lust after men in their 50s. Like, incredibly. I lust after them, and that would be fine, I think. But the thing is, I want to I wanna get married and have kids. And when you're going... With, or with guys in, that are in their 50s, A, there's two things. Generally, one, there's a reason they're not married in their 50s. Like, there's a reason that you, Drew, and Susan will probably still be married, and yes. these guys aren't. And then the second thing is that of the guys that are, like, okay, I, you know, the ones who want to have, not a lot of them want to get, you know, get married and have more kids. Um, and so what I'm wondering is... Is there any way I can change this and start lusting it from my own? Age? <laughs> <laughs> but think of think of what she, if she finds a guy who's adequate for her at her age. Look what she has to look forward to. Yeah, yeah his prostate to... is going to swell up to the size of Nebraska well, <laughs> in the first with... six months of your marriage. Come on, I know this guy went out and had prostate problems, but it didn't really bother me. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Did you did you ever check that yourself? Or? I, no, no. I, I was in no. planning, but he, I took his word for it. Oh, isn't that that accent we're hearing out here? Are you in the Midwest? Uh, no, I'm um, I'm in Los Angeles, um, but I'm from New York. Okay. And Katie? Yeah. How old was the last guy you went out with? Uh, well, the last one was fifty-six. Mm. Uh, but the guy I'm sort of seeing now is fifty-three. Oh. And where do you meet these guys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, everywhere. I mean, if I come near a guy who's in his 50s, he senses it's about me and will want to date me. <laughs> I mean, they Wasn't have this it? radar going on, I think. A what? This radar that they could send. Radar. Oh, girl that looks yeah. like 29, looks like she's 19, unfortunately, likes me. So you look even younger than 29. I look much younger. Uh, yeah. Actually, the guy, last guy I went out with thought I looked younger than his daughters who were 21. 
Oh. That uh, must have been... Actually, there's another movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Age to Perfection. It's about uh, guys with one foot in the grave having sex with underage co-eds. God, I've it's in every older age, younger girl movie, but I'll have to rent this one. What's it called? All right. Katie. Yeah. What is, first off, Katie, you're 29. When you hit 30, you change your name to just Kate. Okay. Nobody over 30 should be calling themselves Katie anymore. Okay. And, and, unless they're, uh, I don't know, blues singer. Okay. Now, it seems to be a bit of a dead-end street dating guys that are this old. Right. And it seems to me that whenever we talk to somebody who is dating somebody where it's not really going to work out, it tends, to, it tends to be a fear of commitment in relationships. You have gotten yourself into a situation where it's sort of chronologically impossible for you guys to have a relationship. It's not out of the question, but it'd be a hell of a lot easier if you're interested in guys about your own age. Right. You understand? So yeah, what I are you avoiding? You. What are you avoiding? Um, I don't know. I feel, I mean, with a guy who's 56, I was completely... Ready to commit and, and no, you know what? It, it's more. I don't think she's avoiding so much. You know, you know, what she's avoiding. She's avoiding growing up. I mean, that's really what she's avoiding. Really, think about it. Okay. She doesn't really have not not just so much. She's acting out like a little girl with daddy, but she just doesn't have to worry about having the the family and the commitments and all that stuff. If these relationships are never going to work out, but it's not. It's like any other like a guy who is preoccupied with a certain looking woman and does overlooks the relationships and doesn't understand why things aren't working out. It's like hey, grow up and figure out who people are. Find a person that suits you. Find out what you want out of a relationship and build a life. It's time to grow up. Really. Actually, I think it's genius because uh, when women do marry guys, uh, let's say the woman is 29 and the guy would say 35, by the time the guy makes it to his mid-50s, he usually dumps her and takes off with his secretary anyway. This way, she's avoided that entire thing because he'll have to be into his 80s before she gets into her 50s and he dumps her for his secretary or, in that case, his nurse. You understand, Katie? I think it's brilliant. I think, yeah, I... I... Well, actually, I don't think it's brilliant. All right. Well, then, then, then stop it. Start dating guys. That uh, here's your uh, anybody who saw any kind of action in Normandy. <laughs> that was a uh, that was a big battle in World War Two, yeah. Katie. Yeah. Anyone who uh, anyone who knows uh, what the D and D day st stands for. Oh, he, you can't go out with them. And, and he was really up on that. Well, He's like. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, no, no one my own age knows June 6th is D-Day. He's like, oh, D-Day. And I was just oh, like, oh. Really? You're, you know D-Day? Yeah. Oh, it's her birthday. Oh, my God. That's, That's what the guy said when she told him what her birthday was. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's a, not a good sign. You, I want you to sign. start... I want you to start dating guys who think D-Day stands for... Uh, that is the day Duran Duran got together. Pearl <laughs> well, Harbor's a blues singer. I try really hard. <laughs> That's right. Him, Pearl Harbor's a huge, fat, black woman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should go on the road, guys. All right, Katie, get lost. Find younger guys. Oh, boy, we're running dangerously close to another break. Uh, Richard and Richard, you uh -huh. guys doing okay over there? We're doing great. Good. Um, cheers, and we will be back with more Love Line with Love Spit Love after this. I began to flow and wave through my body. Uh, lady, you better get back oh. here. If you're not here when Love Line Float. returns, they're going to be... <laughs> Float. 
Hey, guy, you know that you want to be the guy that all your buds want to be. Oh, man, I want to party with him. Yeah, that guy. Well, then here's how you do it. Just listen to these two shows every week. The Art of Charm. We talk about how to create confidence, how to get people to like and trust you, productivity, time management, biohacking, and more. And The Chive. You never know who's going to drop by the studio, and you certainly never know what we're going to say to them. Download new episodes of The Chive and The Art of Charm every week at podcast1.com. It's a guy thing, all right? Be that guy. Everybody, it's a love line. I'm Adam Coral. That is Dr. Drew, uh, Richard Butler, and Richard Fortas are both here from Love Spit Love. Drew, yeah, don't take the damn paper away from me while I'm while I'm reading off it. I'm writing you a note. All right, but couldn't you see I was looking at the paper? No, I what if I couldn't remember Richard or Richard's name? Yeah, you'd say we're with Richard from Psychedelic Friends. I'm sorry you have to endure this tonight, guys. <laughs> the uh, the situation is uh, Drew and I we're doing a little bit of lecturing. I know that sounds bizarre. Yeah, I wouldn't even use that term. We're, we're we're sort of touring campuses. I was dropping my pants for drunken fraternity guys <laughs> on campuses around the country, and we are now held up in the beautiful Q101 facility, which is the station we're on in Chicago. And Richard and Richard from Love Spit Love are back in L.A., and we're doing our best to make it through the show without <laughs> them in the same room and without us having any sleep but so far i think it's all right yeah yeah i just i just went and checked out the minka por- uh, log site or porn site or uh, what do we call the wet site, the wet site. Know, went, adam went just a bar you know barreling out of the studio i've never seen you so excited and then vic the engineer came barreling in and yelled at everybody for occupying the computer oh. which apparently has something to do with the feed oh and uh, he doesn't want people monkeying oh, no. in the next room. So uh, Minka uh, came as fast as she went, or went as fast <laughs> as she came, and neither did I. So we're all screwed. But just a memory of Minka. I'll repeat it like my mantra tonight when I <laughs> lull myself to sleep. Hey, you guys should write a song about Minka. Anyway, we are going to go to one of our usual 10-second station identification things, and Loveline will be back in just that. This is Loveline on Radio Station. 98 KUPD Tempe Phoenix. Well, one hour in the bag and one more to go. I'm feeling good. I'm catching my second oh, win. good. And I'll be letting my third win as the night progresses, Please Drew, don't. so Please stay don't. tuned for that. Richard uh. Butler and Richard Fortis are both here from Love Spit Love. You remember Richard Butler from the Psychedelic Furs, and uh, they've come out with the, your, their second record, that is uh, Love Spit Love has. It is called Try Some, Eat One, and it is out September 9th. It will be everywhere, and they will go out. And tour and support it in everything. So go out and see them. I have some tentative dates here. I will just uh, rattle them off. And uh, again, these are tentative. In the uh, month of October, they're going to be in Washington, D.C. on the 2nd, Boston the 4th, Cincinnati on the 9th, Detroit the 10th, Chicago, beautiful Chicago on the 11th, Minneapolis on the 15th, Denver the 17th, Salt Lake on the 18th, and Seattle on the 21st, and many other places. But that is all I wrote down when producer Ann fed them to me before the show. So are you guys ready to continue with the festivities? Oh, yeah. Already. 
We will talk to Rachel then. Rachel is 14. Rachel. Yeah? What can we do for you? Um, okay. See, I think last Friday, um, I was, I was at my boyfriend's house, and we were, we were trying to have sex, but it wouldn't work. And I was wondering why. Have you ever had sex before? No. Well. How do you know it didn't work? <laughs> well, because it just wouldn't go in. And it was, like, hard enough and everything. Did it hurt? No. It wasn't hard enough? Yeah, it was. Uh, Lubrication. Were you, like, tense? No. Hmm. Are you sure? Because that that was Drew. Drew, you say this happens all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the most common reason for that, is that a woman is uptight, and at 14, trying to have sex for the first time, I could not imagine a more uncomfortable situation. I mean, this is... Well, I mean, I... I felt totally relaxed and everything. Well, this may be your body telling you that you're perhaps not as ready for this as you think you are. Perhaps. That's one possibility. Then there was no pain associated with it, correct? Yeah. Well, walk us through it for a painful moment, Rachel. He had a full erection, Mm -hmm. and he was attempting to uh, insert it, and you couldn't find the, the, the orifice or the canal? Well, we could, but it just wouldn't go in. Yeah, that's usually that's called vaginismus, typically, which is a spasm of the muscles in the floor of the pelvis. That's the... (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Typically due to... I mean, there's also... I mean, did... did, uh, Usually if there's a hymen membrane... That's that's, a high-class show, isn't it, Drew? I'm just delighted with it tonight, especially. (laughs) This is going to be on my hell reel, by the way. I believe everybody who goes to hell has a reel. (laughs) Mine's going to be like an uncut Oliver Stone movie. It'll be four hours and 20 minutes of me talking to 14-year-olds about their their boyfriend's penis. uh, there could be a hymen membrane there that was difficult to get through, but that usually that would be painful. I, I would really examine whether you really want to be having sex at 14. I mean, that's kind of young. How long have you been going out with him, Rachel? Um, about four months. How old is he? 17. Yeah. There's a big difference between 17 and 14. Yeah. I mean, he's a senior in high school and you're in the ninth grade? or Yeah. That's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I guess, yeah. Are you using any contraceptives? Any what? Contraceptive? No, you're probably not. <laughs> yeah. Any protection for pregnancy? Or a condom. He was wearing a condom. Yeah. Okay. It, would it have anything to do with it, like, not being lubricated enough? No, probably not. Well, yeah. Yes, it could, of course. Yeah, it sure could be. But, uh, uh, you know, again, if you aren't lubricating properly, that's another sign that uh, things maybe aren't as relaxed or as ready as you think they are. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I just uh, worry about 14-year-old sex with 17-year-old and what, what's motivating that and what you think is going to happen with these relationships. I mean, these are not relationships that are going to last for a long time, typically, you know? Are you, are you thinking that way? Well, I, I think... Uh, no, she's there. Rachel? Yeah? Are, are you in love? Yeah. You are? You think you're going to marry this guy? Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, that's how, that's how we got, took it to this point. Right. Was he talking about it just before he brought up sex? No. <laughs> no. That's uh, usually where the conversation goes. We had been talking like um, like 
probably like three or four weeks before about having sex. You know, I was actually the one who brought it up, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Typically, in my experience, the 14-year-olds that decide to have sex have a fantasy that that's the guy they're going to marry, and almost never is that the case. And even if it were the case uh, that this would be that is somebody I end up marrying, it's a bad thing, typically. All right, but uh, Drew, let's not uh, spend tons of time trying to dissuade her. She's been with this guy. Uh, right, she likes the guy. She wants to have sex. It's something that's going to happen. It's a difficult, awkward time, and perhaps this is your body telling you you're not ready. What is the next call, Drew? Tammy. How old is Tammy again? 21. Tammy. Hi. Tammy. Um, Hi. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hi, Adam, and love, love you guys are great. Um, my problem is, Adam, you're going to love this because it has to do with my, with my boyfriend um, masturbating. Mm. And um, the thing is... I can't masturbate to that, though. <laughs> I love stuff that I can masturbate to, not that other guys masturbate to. Oh, well, he just bought a video, and I'm not too happy about that. But the thing is, we've been going out for almost a year, and um, when about three months into it, I found some magazines in this apartment, and I was really hurt by that. And it makes me feel inadequate, and my self-esteem isn't as high as I would like. But let me ask you this: what What is that noise? That is my pager. Uh, it, have Have guys ever been abusive to you in any way at any time in your life? Well, actually, uh, my brother. I mean, what he, happened? He was always putting me down, that type of thing. And, uh, it, what I have women that are partic- are particularly sensitive to their boyfriends watching or or uh, purchasing porn or whether. whether print or video when women are real sensitive to that it's because men have abused them in some fashion during their life and they experience this as a degrading abusive uh sort of image of women and they think a guy participating in that somehow makes the guy brings the guy down quite a notch yeah not the guy not the guy that they're with was abusive but it's some guy at some point in their upbringing maybe dad maybe brother maybe neighbor it doesn't have to be overt but it's enough to to look at these images and rekindle some of those feelings of being uh, abused by men and it is these are and women the the images the ways in which women are portrayed in in this stuff is is abusive and there's just no doubt about it degrading well, wait a minute. Pornography. Of course, I've taken it how long it would take you. Yes. Please back me up, Richard. <laughs> Absolutely. These guys come from the, t- land of, the, the land of the page three girl. <laughs> so they know what they're talking about. I love this England. Right in the smack dab in the middle of a newspaper, there's a big set of breasts. <laughs> exactly they know right. how to. They know how to sell papers in England. <laughs> they put the breasts on the cover if they could. Why don't they put the breasts on the cover, guys? Because they never buy the paper, then look inside. Yeah, guys <laughs> would just stand there uh, having themselves at the newsstand and never, never pluck down, uh, pluck then down you, a Then shilling. you'd have to say you were buying it for the articles, though. This way you can say you're buying a newspaper. <laughs> right. It, it, there's the huge big breasts right in the middle of the newspaper. <laughs> it's an amazing country they have over there. Uh, they boil the meat, but they got the good pornography there in the center of the newspaper. All right, so Drew, how yeah. much pornography have you seen lately? Not much. All right, so you really don't know where your stance is on this. Well, You're speaking from an uneducated position. unenlightened. Unenlightened. But, uh, but, but uh, I suspect my uh, level of understanding is reasonable. Pornography, as we were talking about earlier tonight, actually, is created for guys. Right. By guys. Yes. So that uh, guys can enjoy it. So 
whatever excites guys the most is basically the direction it's going to go. But it's not all the same thing. I mean, there are many, many, many different varieties of pornography for many different uh, purchasers of pornography. I don't have a point here, Drew. All right, all I'm saying is this: uh, Is it uh, Tammy? I'm here. Underst- all right. Understand that this is more your issue than it is his issue. Well, he just threw them all out because okay. we were talking and he said that, you know, I was worth it and he didn't want me to feel this way. But it makes me Good. feel, it makes, but the thing is, it makes me feel bad because it, it just doesn't sound like a solution because I realize that men are like this. They'll look and they look at these things and I realize that it's not supposed to affect me. But it does. Tammy? It when I find these. And Tammy? So do you think I did the wrong thing by having him throw it out? It makes me feel bad. Yes. Really? Tammy, I'm going to instruct you to do something that is going to make him break down and weep openly. <laughs> I want you to go to the newsstand tomorrow morning. I want you to grab yourself a hustler, a swank, a jugs, or 40 plus, or whatever is whatever's there. I want you to purchase it, and I want you to hand it to him. Oh, God. <laughs> he proved he loved you by throwing away the pornography. You prove you love him by purchasing a new magazine for him. But what am I supposed to do to feel better? I mean, this doesn't make me feel good by giving him. I mean, ugh. But this is not, the, the issue is not the pornography. The issue is your self-esteem. The issue is the pornography. If he locks himself in the room with the pornography and only emerges to uh, you know replenish fluids, <laughs> like I like I've done on a couple of good weekends. But if he is just uh, has a passing interest in it, as many other millions of American males do, then it is then it is your problem. And it's nothing to do with him wanting to cheat on you. That's for sure. I mean, it's just it, men just do it and. Uh, uh, I, I think it's great that he was willing to respect your feelings and understand yeah, that it triggered some feelings in you. It's tremendous, and uh, hopefully he won't miss it. Uh, I understand what Adam's talking about, too, but uh, I, I think if he brings it back into your life together, uh, you're not going to feel any better, and it's going to affect the relationship. So I think the fact that it's gone, you did the right thing for you. you he needs to, you listen, it, there's a lot of sacrifices people need to make in the mutual experience of relationship and this is a big sacrifice. I know Adam could plus, make this one. Plus I'll bet he never threw it out. I, I can see him right now. He, he takes it, he throws it out to the curb and then he gets on the phone uh, Stu, listen to me buddy, you got a garbage man outfit? Jump into that thing and come by and get it and then hide it and bring it back around again. There's no way this guy threw away good pornography. I'd like to start a service where I go from house to house collecting the pornography that guys' wives and girlfriends force them to throw out. Oh, God, that's scary. I think you did the right thing, Tammy. I think it'll work out fine. But I, I think Adam is right that it might be uh, reasonable to allow him some of this, but uh, that you and that the primary issue is you and your self-esteem, and that needs to be worked on more importantly than him getting rid of the porn. But for the meantime... His willingness to do it and the fact that he's done it will help the relationship. All right. So thanks. Uh, let's talk to the Richards for just a second. Um, Butler. Yes. Do you have a pornography around the house? <laughs> no, I don't. You don't? My wife, is, you... a, my wife is a lot like Tammy. <laughs> she would be very yeah. upset if she was to find some. And she's very pregnant at this point, right? <laughs> yes, she is. Has her, I could have use some, noticed? actually. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I had this great idea the other night on the show, uh, Richard. You may want to try this. 
I have this thing, uh, Drew is disgusted by it, and so is producer Ann, but I have a feeling sexually about a woman who's very uh, along, preg uh, pregnant-wise, that she shouldn't, you shouldn't be having sex with her because it, it is a distraction. She has become mama in my eyes. She's yeah, but she's gonna <laughs> mama after she delivers too. It is actually, no, 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 you're gonna, but for her, it's very and for the baby, it's very good to have sex. It promotes. It's good uh, for the it, baby. It, well, it promotes labor. It can bring on labor, not early, you know. It, but it, but it helps if, like, a woman is has reached her due date. If you have sex, it, it helps true. to deliver the baby. That's one way to do it. But to me, it's, 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 see, that, that it's, it's nipple like tweaking. <laughs> oh. It's almost in incestuous. You're almost having. It's like you're having sex and your kid is watching. Uh, I know it's scary, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm wondering how I'm going to feel about having sex with a part of my wife that I've seen a baby coming out of. I'm wondering if it's going to change things at all. That is another thing, Drew. What are your What are your thoughts on that? No, I don't think the parts are the issue. It's uh, all the residual Oedipal uh, conflicts that really resurface after a, a woman has had a child. Uh, suddenly, men feel very differently about a woman when they are a mother. Some women, it's it's great, and they have no problem dealing. Other women, other men, it really triggers a lot of the old conflicts. Oh. Well, when I when I get married and have kids, I will treat my kids as they were my own until I have sex with my wife, in which case I will think of my kids as um, like the neighbor kids who I'm watching. <laughs> I, will, I don't like thinking of her as mama when I'm having sex. Well, that's, the, that's the problem I'm talking but about. But here's my invention. I wonder. I really wonder if you're ever going to be able to part with your pornography. It's, it's like that is that is you're more connected with that than you've been with any human being. Oh yes. Oh we, my. God. Well, it's never turned on me, and it's never <laughs> said no. The taboo series has never said no. It's always been willing, always queued up, always ready to go any time of the night, and I don't have to get it drunk to watch it either. <laughs> But, Richard, here's an idea. I, I know um, your wife's very pregnant, and I know the hormones are raging, and she may, uh, she may have a difficult time with this suggestion, but I came up with it the other night, and I think it's brilliant. <laughs> she has a huge lump in her belly right now, <laughs> and it's a very strange-looking uh -huh. thing, and it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult to get past sexually. I came up with the idea of a stick-on nipple, and we take this nipple, and we stick it, right in the middle of the belly, so it just looks like she has a huge breast <laughs> protruding from her abdomen, making her have, now she has three, and she has two mediums and one large, and she becomes that much more attractive as a female form. Am I right, Drew? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Drew's so sorry, Adam. I, I, th I think that you're going to have to get a second pregnant woman next to her for you to be okay. <laughs> oh, could you imagine? Six large breasts, two big ones downstairs. <laughs> And two miniature ones upstairs. All right, we are going to hear ourselves another song from uh, Love Spit Love's CD called Try Some, Eat One. Mike, you have that queued up over there? Fall on Tears. This one is called Fall on Tears. Love, a sharp, moody, textured song that blends Richard <laughs> Butler's unmistakable vocals with the shimmering guitar textures of Richard Fortas. <laughs> I owe you oh, money for that. Was wonderful. That. 
Oh, you certainly drew. And, and American money, too, uh, Richard. Certainly. Not that big. I don't know. What do you guys use over there? Ham or something? Do you actually do you use paper or what do you use over there? Hey, are you guys going? Are are you going to the um, European uh, currency or this universal uh, currency that they're talking about in Europe? Does that include England? Uh, they've been resisting that, but I'm I'm I live in New York these days. I've oh, been in okay. New York for a long time, so you'll definitely so, get American money. So you just use crack to get stuff. <laughs> and sexual favors. Oh, well, well, a little more crack. Love Spit Love is our guest tonight, Richard and Richard, and we'll be back with more Love Line after this. Why don't you try rapping at this time? Hey, it's Adam Carolla and uh, the now-deceased Dr. Drew, who made the fatal error of trying to stand up. He'd been sitting for the last hour and a half, claiming he felt fine, yep. uh, but the bladder was too much for him, so he got up to shake the dew off the lily, and describe that feeling for the listeners, Drew. Uh, painful. Yes. It felt like it's like a, a reality jolt. Your knees almost gave way, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, my knees and hips ached in a way I've never quite felt. That means you're in love, girl. Richard Butler. Why do we we always actually find the love when we're in this studio? Yeah, I don't know. Yes. I think um, you gave me a a reach around last time we were in here, Drew. Richard Butler and Richard Fortas are both here from Love Spit Love. Not actually here, but there, because we're here, which is Chicago. We're at Q101, a affiliate that we're on. And Drew and I have been doing some traveling. And that is why we are here. Now, again, let me apologize because we're having to sort of take the calls uh, during the commercials that are fed by producer Andrew, writes them down, and then engineer Mike back in Los Angeles pots them up. So it's a little bit bumpy, or at least uh, bumpier than it normally is. And Drew and I are both horribly sleep-deprived, and it is, uh, what time? One thirty. One thirty in the morning here, and we've had no sleep for two days. Actually know what it's like to be in a band now, yeah. guys. And two, two days of this has killed us. I couldn't imagine doing a, you know, nine-month yeah. tour. Oh. Do you guys go through this? Well, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm having a baby in uh, September and going on tour in October. And everybody uh, who's recently had kids that I know has said that I'll get more sleep when I'm on tour. And oh, I believe them. <laughs> that's true. But it will be tough to leave a kid behind. But did yeah. you find in, in the past, like uh, Richard with the psychedelic furs and all the, the tours you did when you are with the band... Do, do you find that you forgot where you were the day before? Or Absolutely, you and people I met as well. I meet people all the time that have like, hung out with me for whole evenings, and I don't recognize them. Well, that's the drugs, but I'm talking more, <laughs> about, the, I'm talking more about the time difference and that sort of thing. But it's so true. You go from time zone to time zone to time. Meanwhile, Drew and I have been out for a day and a half, and we're complaining. Uh, like, like, well, also, like you don't really get to see the places you go to. You might go into, say, Chicago. You arrive, you play the show, go to the hotel, go to sleep, and leave. So you don't really remember very much about Chicago. We've been doing and, like three cities a day recently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, and it's such a shame because there's not only beautiful cities, but real nice people. And sometimes, uh, like, we have a really nice hotel room. It's really nice. And I'm a, I, I come from a real poor environment, and this thing is costing me 200 bucks a night. 
and I want to stay there. In I want to lock myself in the room and and watch bootleg cable pornography for 24 <laughs> hours. But the but the thing is, is we haven't been there 20 minutes since we've been in town. Really? I'm basically, yeah. It's like I I, I should have. You know, I you know just taboos to on Spectrovision too, don't you? <laughs> oh, don't kid unless you mean it, Richard. Drew, I swear to God, I could have saved myself $200 and just went to the Y and showered and met you at the airport tomorrow. I could have just slept in the airport and saved some money. All right, so uh, here we is in Chicago, and there they is in Los Angeles, and we're ready to continue with the phone call, starting with... Marty. Marty's our first call. Marty's on 17, uh, 17 years of age, and Marty's been on hold about uh, 90 minutes or so. Marty? Hey, what's up? Adam, What's going you're my on? God. Thank you. you. You are my Satan, Marty. Oh God. <laughs> well, Adam, I got Don't use my name in vain, please. Well, what was the name we heard on the radio coming in here today? What? What name? Remember that 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 preachy station we were listening to coming in from the airport. Oh, I don't even know what day that was anymore. <laughs> Drew and I Drew and I had a great surreal experience. We drove a rent a car from O'Hare Airport into the middle of Chicago here and listened to a uh gospel uh, station the entire way where a guy was preaching about uh, Jehoshaphat and Jehoshaphat begat Ham and Ham begat Abraham, and Abraham begat Hezekiah. And then we went into the hotel, showered, took a nap, and came down uh, two and a half hours later. And after Abraham, he... He begat... Uh, all right. I'm out, of, I'm out of begats, Marty. What's going on? All right. See, this is a kind of long story. I took this girl to prom, like, back in the spring. And we, we became pretty good friends over the summer. And, like, I've always been pretty interested in her. And, like, I told her we had to start going out in the beginning of the summer. And uh, she had just gotten over a relationship, and she said that she wasn't ready for another one yet. And so, like, last weekend, she said that she'd like to start going out with me. And so I was like, sure. And so, like, she came over Friday night, and, you know, we had a good time and stuff, and she kissed me. And, I mean, it's like a real intense kiss and everything. I said, tonight she's over. And she said she didn't think it was a good idea because we're such good friends that she doesn't want to ruin the friendship. I was just wondering what you guys thought I should do about that. That means she's thinking about having sex with you. That's what I was hoping. <laughs> and she's, she's offering that up for you to talk her out of it. When women bring stuff up uh, like that, it, it depends how they bring it up. Sometimes women bring up stuff like they go... I really shouldn't be doing this on the first date. That means I want you to talk them out of it. Yeah. But when they when they yell no or they start screaming for help or something like that, that means you, you gotta you gotta stop. You understand? Yeah, yeah. But when they start, it's that whole sort of thinking out loud thing where they go, you know. I have a loose policy about oral sex in a van. Mm, that the thinking aloud thing means you you still got a pretty good shot, Marty. You think? So your job now is to talk her out of it. Talk her out of out of the out of the friendship. Yeah, out of the friendship, and, <laughs> out of the friendship, and into the relationship because that's what you want, right? Yeah. But I don't All right. Know. She's like. She's like, in I really like you. Maybe in a few months we could start going out. 
Yeah, or, something's up with her. I mean, there's 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 missing information here. Whether there's an old boyfriend in the scene, yeah, who this guy's actually in the book. Well, he's like not in the scene anymore. But I mean, I think uh, that, maybe maybe he is more than you know. Yeah, he might be. But I, I think that's the deal. Uh, just to, uh, find out more what's going on with her and uh, give her a little space. But I, I think if you're clear that you want to have a relationship with her, if she, if you if show her some affection and really make it clear that it's something you want to pursue, I bet she will go along with I it. don't know. Now I'm going against my own advice. Now you think the boyfriend's the <laughs> deal? Because she started talking about a date down the road. Like when a woman says... It's a bullpen. You know, maybe when that um, Hale-Bopp comet comes back again, at that point we might be able to, or after I finish with my midterms, but it's like, hey, we're in the middle of the summer. What midterms? Yeah, I mean, next semester. And when they start talking way down the road, then you may be in trouble again. Marty? Yeah. I'm going to trust you to use your own poor discretion on this one, all right? All right. All right. All right. That's why he's been on hold for 90 minutes. All right. We'll talk to Jamie then. Next. Jamie is 22. Jamie. Hi. Hi. Um, I have a couple questions about bladder infections. I wonder right. first if, um, does, does your body ever become immune to them? No. I mean, it's not an issue of immunity. Bacteria, when it gets into the bladder and is allowed to sort of establish an infection, that's it. It establishes it. And uh, the most common way to get bacteria up there is to have a mechanical force push it up, like sexual intercourse, that sort of thing, at least for women your age. Uh-huh. And then I was also wondering, when you have one, is, it, is there any possible way of spreading, like, anything with oral sex or even causing more problems having just regular sex? Um, uh, Earth to Jamie. Yes? Well, wait a minute. I was about to yell at you, but then I rethought my position. Could it be worse if she already has it, Drew? Is that the question? Yeah. Because Drew just told you sex is usually how you get it. Whether any kind of manipulation. I know. Does Does it, okay, you're on the antibiotics and all that. Now, does it cause, can you, can you cause any more? Would it make you have it longer or anything like that? Uh, that's an interesting question. No, if you're on the antibiotics, that should take care of it, unless a bacteria gets up there that is not covered by the antibiotic, which, again, is not particularly likely in a young person. Mm-hmm. If you start fooling around again after you complete the course of antibiotics, it can come right back. Okay. Some women, have to stay, on, some women stay on antibiotics every day of their life because of this. Really? Because they're so prone to the bladder infections. And how many different types of uh, bugs can get up there, Drew? Many. They're, the E. coli is the most common. But <laughs> you need to just let off uh, one of those holiday foggers uh, in there and just kill everything. Is that what you're saying, Drew? No, because it... could Could she tent herself off and leave for the weekend? No. No. <laughs> this is a horrible uh, affliction. Does it, does it burn when you urinate? Yeah, I catch mine right at the beginning, though. I call the pharmacy right away and... The symptoms. Drew, is there anything a male could dip his penis into to prevent this? No. Just don't don't uh, traumatize the area. Could he dip his penis into something anyway? <laughs> is, do, I, do, uh, do, you, do you really need suggestions? <laughs> I'm just curious. 
I mean, if it ain't going to help, but it ain't going to hurt, well, why not dip it well, into you, something? you probably tried all these things anyway. You just wonder if you hurt yourself or what? I like to dip my penis in a little either ranch or honey Dijon uh, dressing before I have sex. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> have I lost the respect of our guest, uh, Richards? Not at all. No. No. I like rose. Oh, good. <laughs> for for a, a pregnant woman, bladder infections can increase risk of a miscarriage. So it's a very serious issue for, for pregnant women. All right. Uh, Rena is our next caller. Hi. Rena? Hi. Hold on a second, uh, Rena Andrew. I think we're running a little bit late for oh, break are, here, right. Smarty Pants. So right. why don't we just sort of uh, sell this one? Rena, what's going on? Tell us quickly, and then we'll go to break and get back to you. Okay. Uh, my problem is that I'm very big-busted, and when I was first with my boyfriend, I indulged him in oral sex a lot. And now that's all he's interested in is my breast and oral sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to run over and masturbate. Drew, you stay here by the by the uh, console, and we'll be back with more Love Line after this. Uh, on Earth, we were going to help you, but you don't need our help. You have Love Line. And you're is a love line. Forget the phone number, forget the fax number. Richard Butler and Richard Fortas are both here from Love Spit Love. The CD is called Try Some, Eat One, and it is out September 9th. We've heard a couple songs from it tonight, and uh, they were both delightful. Thank, uh, you. thank you. Are we I better know, than the Bunnymen? Oh, much yes. better. Much better. Oh, those homos. <laughs> Gee, we couldn't kick them out of the studio fast enough. <laughs> Well, I think we had a good time with them, didn't we, Drew? Yeah. I can't think straight uh, anymore, but um, they couldn't hold a candle to uh, <laughs> the love spit love. Well, How about uh, Echo and the spit love uh, bunny or something? <laughs> Why don't you guys just bury the hatchet and get together? Do you, do you guys have a problem with that band, seriously? Not at all. No, no, no. problem at all. No. Okay. No. All right. Then we're back in love with them as well. <laughs> Let's but get back with our call. It's a matter of degree. You understand, fellas? Well, we we love them, we but we love you more. Because we're here <laughs> now. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> now, I, actually, I, I really would uh, like to give you guys an open invitation to return anytime you like uh, where we could get together and do the show face-to-face. -face and because, the toast, uh, Right, the toe jam thing. Uh, because it, this has worked out better than I actually thought, considering the amount of sleep we've had and considering we're not in the same state, but uh, either literally or figuratively. But it, it is much more intimate when you are in the same room together, so uh, we'll see if we can't work that out. Perhaps when you guys uh, go out on tour yeah, later on yeah. in the uh, year. All right, Drew, you want to take some calls? We've got Rena's. Rena's. Oh, Rena's. Yes, right. Oh, that's, how could I forget? <laughs> they're, they're right next to each other, too, right, Rena? Hi. Hi. Okay. And how old are you again? I'm 26. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And when, when you met your boyfriend, you let him indulge himself in your breast, and you, you uh, pleasured him orally. And now Very you can't much. wean him off of it, right? Exactly. It's like and anytime we go to have sex, there's that's all he goes for is the boobs or the oral sex. And Why don't you well, tell him he'll get a better view of the boobs if he tries regular sex? <laughs> no, right. Well, 
that's okay, but it's like secondary. And Do you I tell him you're not of, happy? Well, I don't know how to tell him without hurting his feelings. Or see, this is this is the problem. People just don't know how to talk to each other. I mean, you can be the most intimate as the two humans can possibly be. But you can't even say, um, yeah, this isn't what I prefer. Right. And uh, guys will, if they go uh, unchecked, will just keep continuing uh, to whatever path is uh, gives the less resistance or has the biggest breath. It's like, <laughs> hey, when I go to Disneyland, I head right for the Matterhorn. I run straight to it because that is my favorite part of the park. And if I was visiting the, the arena... Uh, Six Flags of Arena, <laughs> I would go straight for the breast as well. Now, you would have to tell me that that's not acceptable, and I would have to feelings. do... It wouldn't, hurt your wouldn't hurt my feelings. I would do a bunch of stuff that I pretended to like uh, before I got to the breast. And this I is what feel, he will do. I feel kind of responsible because I, I lured him look, in with that. No, no, you know, no, no, no. Like, look, look. That's like, that's like... No, it's like saying uh, you don't trust a relationship because the guy was initially physically attracted to you. I mean, this was the initial part of the relationship, and now you have to begin building into a more real relationship where, well, where we've you been have quite a while, and and we've how long? Two kids, and we've we've been through a lot together. How long have you been together? Uh, six years. Oh my God! You can't even tell him that that. Uh, you... How did you? Yeah. What about your sexual preferences? Yeah. What about what you want? My own sexual preference. Well, what about telling him about what you want? It seems like all you're doing is like gratifying his his what he wants. Well, that's the second part of this is that when we do it, it's like I have to pleasure myself because it don't happen. Oh, that kind of sucks. No, <laughs> no pun like intended. <laughs> The boys are getting punchy over there in, in L.A. Hey, we've had less sleep than you. So like, oh, 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 yeah, you but you're used to it. We're pussies. Well, we just kind of are in our own worlds where that's concerned, and I'd like it to be more intimate, but... Right, let me ask, Rena, let me let me go back to something you kind of glossed over. Two you kids. said you lost two kids. Right. Miscarriages, you mean? Um, one was... Uh, Sid's death at 13 months, and one oh. was a stillborn. Oh, my God. What is the Sid's? Sudden infant death syndrome. Where That's uh, a sudden unexpected death. The kid's just dead. You come in, it's child. gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you, your child is, you know, just barely over a year old. Just horrible. And you come in one morning uh, to wake them up from their yeah. sleep oh, or whatever. I can't oh. think about it. Can't yeah. think about it. Yeah. And how, how are both of you coping with that? Well... The first time, he was really distant and not there for me. But the second time, he was just great. And it was like for two weeks, I was just totally in love with him all over again because he was so sensitive. And and then he just turned off emotionally after that. Mm. Well, there is the issue right here. That's more the fundamental problem, that you feel emotionally distant from him. I mean, the... The the other elements would sort of probably other times have taken care of themselves when you felt more emotionally connected to him. Uh huh. Right. All right. So as usual, the call isn't about what the call seems, which is he, he has a real problem with intimacy, and there's a whole emotional issue going on here, and it's not really about the breast, except for the breast, basically. Um, become a, a metaphor for the relationship. Right. She's been. I wish some breasts could become a metaphor for my relationship. She, it's that she's been objectified and she's just an act now, and the con, the real connection isn't there. 
Okay. So uh, don't talk to him about the breasts as much as you talk to him about your relationship and uh, what you need emotionally. It's good that he's been able to connect with you. Now you have something to sort of show him or really to hearken back with him about that instructs him as to what's missing. You see? Marina? Yeah. Oh, Are you I mean, crying? What's going on? No, I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. I, mean, I just the... didn't think that the sexual thing and that thing were even connected. I mean... Well, it, you're telling us you feel objectified. Yeah. Okay? And yeah. if you were really emotionally connected with the guy, you wouldn't feel objectified. Now, you may have some specific mechanical needs that you have to get met, and you should be able to talk about that. But if you talk about that, and he's also still just dealing with you as an object, not as the connected person that you knew after that last uh, loss you guys suffered, you're not going to feel much better. Hi, so Rena. Talk to him. To tell him let's the whole talk thing. about our relationship, or let's both, both. But he's really it macho. All right, listen, listen. He doesn't like talking about feelings. we're not coming over there and talking to him if that's what you want us to do. Okay. He's your man. You chose him. You got in a relationship with him. You got in a long-term relationship. You got to talk to him. This is part of the deal, everyone. When you get in a relationship, sometimes... As painful as it is, you have to actually talk to your partner. And that's the only way you grow, is by getting in, is by pushing things in those uncomfortable directions. Otherwise, it's it's nowhere. You can't right. get anywhere. Except for when you start asking us questions like, uh, how many people you've been with before me, hon? Oh, Christ, no. It's not important. <laughs> those are the wrong ones. Wrong ones. Yeah, never ask those. Okay, Ed is 18. Ed is our next caller. Ed. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. My problem is that uh, my dad is an alcoholic and he hasn't drank for about 19 years now but you keep saying that it's a genetic disease it's that kind of absolutely problem. and uh so i know that my chances my mom doesn't have any problem with it but i know that my chances are 50 50 of having the disease right correct and so i've been i've i've drank before and i was wondering if there's really any signs that there, I there's for. yeah there are a couple signs uh one of the signs is that you might have some momentum with alcohol. You're using it and developing consequences like legal problems, driving under the influence, relationships breaking up. If there's things that are happening in your life as a result of your relationship with alcohol, that's a that's a sign. You're laughing. I was just thinking of when I threw up in an ice maker in Tijuana. It's a suspicious behavior, i got to tell you. It, it really is a sign of, <laughs> yeah. of some momentum yes. with alcohol. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Listen, I'm concerned about you. I don't know. Hold on. R Richard. Yeah, uh, Richard Butler. Yeah, uh, you've you've been on the road quite a bit. Have you ever vomited into an ice maker? <laughs> no, not an ice maker. I Just about everywhere else, I think. <laughs> I have vomited and urinated into an ice maker, both for totally different reasons, but both uh, concerning alcohol. And both, I'm terribly proud of. So the second thing is, that reminds me, we got to get back to the hotel. I, I got to go number two. Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, okay. The other thing is there's a guy named Shuckett down at the University of California, San Diego, that did a landmark study that showed that sons of alcoholics' fathers who have the gene for alcohol typically are the kind of person that could, so to speak, drink people under the table. You're very resistant to the intoxicating effects of alcohol, okay. and that is a sign. Is it? Okay. And it's yeah. not just alcohol either, right? You can, you, if, if your father's an alcoholic, you can be addictive in other ways. 
Absolutely. It, it, it is a predisposition to conditioning of the reward systems in the brain, and virtually any drugs that cause addiction can initiate the process. So most addicts, in fact, are underpinned about 80% of the time by something that our culture would call alcoholism. Hmm. Did you use the word underpinned? Underpinned. Like the oh, un underpinned. Yeah, that is uh, the, the sort of the, uh, the history yeah. or the subtext yes. of uh, their addiction. Yes. So it's the uh, sons of alcoholic fathers. Yes. That's the study. That was... Right. I'd like to see them get together with the daughters of the American oh, Revolution yeah. and see what happened. Every time you say sons of alcoholic fathers, I always think of daughters of the American Revolution. Are they still alive, those old broads? The DAR and the SOAF. They ought to have a mixer. They could, uh, they could fire muskets and get loaded. All right. I didn't mean to offend you uh, guys over there, Richards, uh, talking about the revolution and uh, whatnot. You know, I know it, it drums up some pretty painful memories for you lads. <laughs> oh, the Boston Tea Party, yeah, terrible. Oh, what a disaster. And now look at you guys over there. That, you're paying horrendous uh, tax rates in that England, aren't you? I keep Remember telling you, I live in New York. <laughs> yeah, I but know, the but tax Richard, there is hellish. Yeah. Doesn't, he, doesn't one of the Richards live in England anymore? No. No. All right, when you were in England, you moved from England because of the taxes, right? No, 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 no. no Didn't moved... we find out recently? What? I'm sorry, Drew. What were you saying? We found out recently the taxes were not as bad as we thought over there. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah we're moving to England. You guys want to go? <laughs> Ireland's a place to go. Oh, really? No, Why is that? No taxes if you're involved in the arts in Ireland, I believe. Wow, that's interesting. Wow, we could. Uh, we're still waiting on an NEA grant, uh, by the way. But Jesse, Jesse Helms you know has held it up because I say penis uh, every five seconds. That's what they should do for teachers. Drew, you bring up a very good point. Yeah. Say it again, so our guests can hear it. That we, in this country, we ought to eliminate taxes for people that choose the the saintly profession of teaching. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. God bless you, Drew. God bless you. All right, or at least have teachers. You know what we should do? Uh, they have that uh, goddamn tip jar everywhere you go, like at the Starbucks coffee and all the bagel shops and stuff. They ought to put that tip jar uh, in the classroom. Let kids contribute to their own education. And put me down for a buck. All right, we have to go to break. We'll be back to uh, wrap up and wrap down with uh, Richard and Richard from Love Spit Love after this. Here's Love Line before the... All right, well, another love line is mercifully drawn to a close. Oh, that was painful, Drew. Uh, Richard Butler and Richard Fortas, I want to thank you very much for being understanding and hanging with us tonight. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Thank you. you. You guys were real good sports, and hopefully we can do it again real soon in person. Like I said, uh, when you guys uh, get out on tour and you're coming through Los Angeles, yeah, we to. owe you one. So please stop <laughs> by, and, uh, and, and uh, by then you'll have a picture of your young daughter. Love, spit, love. Love is the name of the band. Try Some, Eat One is the name of the CD out September 9th. Love Spit Love will be in a town near you coming up real soon. I want to thank uh, producer Ann for doing a great job tonight and putting in all the work. I want to thank Vic out here at uh, Westwood Q101 in Chicago for uh, staying and putting in some OT. I want to thank uh, the one that wonder engineer Mike for all the work he put in tonight as well. And, of course, Sherry and Lisa and the best 
list of shows uh, that he did while we were out doing our lecture thing. And I also want to thank the uh, law firm of Schmeckman, uh, Schmeckman, 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 Schmeckman. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.